Hello, everybody, and welcome. Is everybody awake today? I hope so. We have got a lot to talk about today. Um, I will do my best to not talk too much about the uh, COVID nineteen eighty four inoculation, the uh, or any of the uh, any of that. Although it's kind of hard, you know. I, I, I marvel a lot. I uh, I consider myself a Christian. I'm not as good a Christian as I like to be i'm working like all of you on becoming a better christian as i look around in this day and you know i just marvel at how many of my friends are looking around just waiting for things to get better as the dominoes are falling all around us do we forget who set these dominoes up and how long we've been warned about everything that's going to happen right that we could this 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 willful psychosis like it's a voluntary psychosis especially among those who should be watchmen on the tower, you know, that should be prepared. It's just been so amazing. Um, but I, I want to talk a little bit about Beowulf. Am I saying that right? Do you know this person, Brian? I guess there's like a video game and, and movies about him. He's a, a warrior, uh, like a pre-Viking warrior that, that fought a dragon and something. It's spelled B-E-Wolf, Beowulf. Um, he fought a giant. I'll, I don't have the name in front of me. I will when we talk about it. Um Really interesting. Uh, this is uh, some research that I did, and also the giants of Canaan uh, that Joshua destroyed. It's no wonder Cain hates the house of Israel, which, by the way, the father of Canaan is Cain, right? Like, you don't need to have a historical degree to know that. Um, and Joshua wiped him out. Uh, the house of Israel wiped them out, or for the most part. Okay, King David took out a bunch of them as well. We'll maybe cover that. So it's no wonder that Satan and his pal Cain hate the house of Israel. And if you wonder who the house of Israel is, just look in the mirror, my friend. You're uh, at least in part have that bloodline within you. So we're talking about that, the real society, a little bit about UFOs. We got a lot to talk about, but I want to start out today's show. I got a text just a little bit ago from a really good friend. I do not have his permission to share that, so I won't share his name. He is a doctor a surgeon, and he teaches at a local university here, um, a private university, and he's an amazing dude, and that private university is not BYU. This is a, a, a private university. I almost don't consider BYU a private university anymore, but, and um, he, you know, like three years ago, I remember him. He wasn't really, he was like, yeah, we might take the vaccine, we'll see how it works out, but he's an honest man, and he's a good man. And he has become, you know, as he looks around what's what's, what's going on, um, a fearless defender of the truth. Um, so I want to share a text he sent me this morning because I think this is just such a great little analysis. Um, he and I and a couple other friends uh, always text back and forth. You know how these chains are. This is him. Dr. Anonymous for now. I bet you he wouldn't mind me sharing his name, but next week we'll talk about that. Uh, I'm not the oldest doctor out there, but... I've never seen, nor can I believe, how the government, the Pharmacy Alliance, has so completely controlled the medical establishment and the majority of physicians that go right along with them, like mindless gnomes. Nobody asks questions anymore. Nobody pushes back. Nobody debates. I can't believe how many otherwise smart and good people are going along with it with complete faith in the system. I'm having discussion with my medical students right now on why they are forcing students to get the vaccine. I'm the only person that walks around without a mask in the entire school. I'm the only one that I know of that isn't vaccinated. It's crazy. I've always wondered how Hitler got so much support and was able to manipulate his way into power in a way that resistance was against him was treated as treason. 
I thought it would be easy for people to see. Now I clearly understand better. You know, to me, that's poetry. And to hear a doctor talking like that, it's great. Um, I'm grateful that I know a doctor like this that can care for my family. My wife was um, had some, a pretty bad respiratory infection uh, a few months back. And how grateful I was that I didn't have to take her to an emergency room to become captive like so many of these others that I've heard these horror stories about, right? Um, he mentions Germany, and uh, he has a, a lineage, a family line that fought against Germany. Um, I'm probably giving him away, but he had a, a grandfather, I believe, that was shot down over Germany and spent several years in a, a prisoner of war camp. He knows his history. Um, and to me, it's just amazing as we look throughout, you know, what's going on in society. I think it behooves those of us that are that are awake, you know, to be kind. I've heard some, gosh, the things I hear, I try not to read this kind of stuff, but I heard, um, you know, some of these blogs where they're talking about these unvaccinated people, they're getting everybody sick. They shouldn't even treat them. Just take them out in the desert and let them die. Let them rot and die in the dirt. I'm like, wow, that's a really nice thing to say, right? Answer that, my friends, with kindness. Because these people are soon going to be hungry and they're going to be sick. And rather than let them get what you might think they deserve, um, give them some food, give them your love, give them your compassion. Okay. That's how we ascend. And that's how we become the light warriors that we need to become. So anyway, I'm going to briefly talk about the news. There's a few things. Oh, and unfortunately I got to look at my iPhone for this. It's really a bummer getting old and you can't see anymore. Um, you know, there's a few stories. Gosh, let me see which of these are really important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, global warming is another big push. I've noticed they're really starting to come out. Do you watch? I got to ask you, Brian. Do you watch uh, that Suspicious Observers pretty pretty regularly now? Isn't he? Isn't he good? I got to recommend Ben Davidson. He's kind of a friend. I've, we've we've emailed a few times. Been to a lot of his conferences. You know, he used to be an atheist and an academic. Uh, University of Pittsburgh, a couple degrees. He uh, started a movement called Suspicious Observers. I think they've got like I don't know half a million subscribers or so now i think paying subscribers but um it's a group of engineers go to, i've been to these conferences and they're amazing he is he is starting what he's calling a, a a campground which to me looks a lot like a place of refuge i'm planning on meeting him um in the spring and hopefully talking to him about some of their power requirements there i would like to put in a tesla turbine and some things there but does great work if you want to see what's going on from an honest perspective, what's going on in global warming and how to fight the BS narrative, suspicious observers, uh, O spelled with a zero. Um, YouTube has again doubled down how they're going to really start censoring this stuff out. I found this article today addressing climate change denial. In recent years, we've, direct, we've heard directly from a growing number of our advertising and publisher partners. This is YouTube, by the way who have expressed concerns about ads that run alongside or promote inaccurate claims about climate change. Uh, this includes context referring to climate change as a hoax or a scam. You know what? It's a hoax and it's a scam. It's a fat satanic lie. Um, kind of like mowing down all the crops that the good hardworking people plant in the earth is destroying the earth, the earth that God created to sustain his children. Growing corn on that earth now hurts the earth. Think of how absolutely... I hate to use this word, but that is retarded. That is the dumbest thing you could ever hear, right? Anyway, uh, anyone that uh, calls climate change a hoax or a scam claims denying that long-term trends show the global climate is warming. 
I wish it was warming, and claims denying that greenhouse gas emissions or human activity uh, don't contribute to climate change, climate change. Greenhouse gases is CO2, that's plant food, which is why the earth is getting greener. Now, if you hate green, if you like desolation, if you don't want to see greener forests and more plankton and happier fish, well, then by, by all means, help these evil people do their evil scam. Otherwise, absolutely shun it and have nothing to do with it. Okay, there, there, there we are about global warming. That's probably enough about global warming. I don't want to talk about that anymore. Um, I want to talk briefly I, uh, this uh, same good doctor friend of mine gave me a book. I, I just got back from a vacation with my wife. It was wonderful. Um, got to spend an entire week on a beach in Mexico reading a huge book called The Body, the Body Electric by Dr. Robert Becker. Um, and I, as I've continued to kind of dive into his work, he has several other books out that I'm just absolutely obsessed with. Um, this is a, an orthopedic surgeon. He was in the 40s. He, he went through school in the 40s. Uh, taught at, I believe, I want to say, I want to say Columbia, somewhere, some prestigious university in New York. And he was a researcher for all of his life. By the end of his life, he had done enough research, <clears throat> excuse me, in healing and in, in the electric body to have the kingdom come down on him hard, right? Every time you, you, anytime you start proving any, anytime the science, which by the way, they control through dollars, um, Anytime the science is not going along their narrative, they just pull the funding. And he happened, he had that happen to him enough times. And he was an honest man, a real researcher, a real scientist, and wasn't willing to become a paid liar for the kingdom. He, um, in the end, ended up kind of fighting against it and researching on his own. He was on many congressional boards about, you know, we talk about 5G and we all know that's poison, but I think so many of us do not know how poisonous. 110 volts at 60 hertz is, right? Every piece of wire in your house that's running around powering our world is pumping out poison that's slowly killing you. I know that sounds a bit much. We'll, we'll talk about specifics there. And the real cause of diseases like Alzheimer's, it's a proven fact. It's not hard to find and it's not hard to treat. We will talk about that after this short break. Everybody, welcome back. Um, briefly, I'd like to talk about um, this blood-brain barrier and what we could, what we can do to protect ourselves from it. Um, the little bit of research that I've done over the past few weeks, and and you know, I don't profess to know everything. I'm just reporting what you know. I, I try to carefully look around the world and see what's going on. Um, my wheelhouse has always been electrical experimentation, electrical propagation. You know, things like Nikola Tesla has always been my hero. Um, you know, Steinmetz, the, the greats from the past, um, um, Hertz and Lentz and Gilvani and all these sorts. That's what I love. And this is kind of along those lines. So I kind of feel like I can speak with somewhat uh, intelligent background on these things. And um, according to this good doctor, and he did lots of studies, you know, who did 
way more steady than this is the Russians. And it's kind of ironic. All through the 60s, the Russians were putting all these uh, regulations in place on people in their military, working around radar, and even how much in the home. Uh, not only did they choose a different frequency, which, by the way, they could have chosen a different frequency. I am convinced they knew exactly that choosing uh, AC voltage at 60 hertz, which is in our spectrum that we operate in, I believe they did that on purpose. And according to this doctor, it weakens the blood-brain barrier. It causes known uh, issues. Um, are you still there, Brian? I lost, I lost your visa. Okay. Okay, great. Um, so anyway, it causes the blood-brain barrier to be weakened. And um, this is, you know, the, there's re the research is out there. And this... Um, I guess I have to back up just to explain if, if, if you didn't know this, when you, anytime a current moves, this is a natural law. It cannot and be broken. It will never be broken. When energy moves through a field of resistance, um, this is called current measured in amps, right? Anytime that happens, there is a tangential field that is propagated around it. Always. This always happens. Okay. So when you have current moving in wires in your home, there is an energy field that is put out, an electromagnetic energy field. This is pollution to our bodies. Additionally, when you do things like take a hairdryer, when, when you create high temperature with voltage, um, it creates – there's a reason why you, you, you ever been in there shaving and you, and you use your hairdryer, you get your curling iron plugged in, ladies, and all of a sudden that stupid GFI outlet blows. You know why? Because you're pulling a ton of power. And sadly, if you're running that curling iron and hairdryer around your head, you're bathing your brain in that. It's unfortunate. And I know you're probably not going to stop doing it. And, you know, we still have to live in this world. But this is just the sad reality, right? Well, this weakens the blood-brain barrier. This allows things like aluminum and other toxins to slip through. Um, more recently, now the graphene slips right on through. The uh, blood-brain barrier is an electromagnetic mechanism that the creator of us, God, put in place to protect our bodies from toxins. And the kingdom of Satan has found ways to weaken it. Um, Alzheimer's is caused by the aluminum that is poisoning our bodies. My friends, that is a fact. In my mind, that is a fact. I could show you the research. Hard to do in a short little podcast. Uh, Dr. Becker, many others, just look at it online and you will see the truth. Um, fortunately, there are ways to reverse this, and it isn't by going to a hospital. Um, pick up a bottle of Fiji water. When you look at the back and look at the ingredients, and I know Fiji sucks because it's so expensive and it's hard to get because I think more and more people are, are realizing this, but there is something in there called silica. That binds to the aluminum and helps extricate it from the body. There are other ways to get silica into your water. Um, there are videos online. Um, look into it. Um, as I understand it, and even this good doctor says, it absolutely works. Um, you do not want aluminum in your brain, obviously, right? Aluminum, I mean, you don't have to be a genius for this stuff. Just, just imagine, you know, like a little experiment in your head, right? Your control group, your your um your your experiment that you're you're testing against let's say you take a two by four and you put your leads your anode and cathode on a two by four how much current is going to go through that two by four there is actually some but not very much 
Now take a piece of aluminum and put your anode and cathode on each end. How much more easily is this energy propagated by aluminum? Pretty obvious, right? Well, now put aluminum in your brain, the energy that they're propagating, which unfortunately, in, in my opinion, from these towers and from their high places, they're propagating fear. They're propagating um, anger. They're propagating contention. And you want to receive that better? Well, then by all means, breathe deeply of the chemtrails. And I'd, I'd add a little fluoride and, and uh, some uh, graphene oxide from their injection. And then you'll, you'll, you'll hear it loud and clear. I don't want to hear that stuff. Um, you wouldn't get that in my body, not with a rifle to my head. And I know many of you feel the same way. Anyway, I don't want to spend a ton of time on that today because I want to talk about something a little more fun. Um, there is a researcher out there by the name of Robert Sepier. Sepier. Robert's last name, S-E-P-E-H-R. Um, He's like one of my go-to guys when I just, I'm sick of hearing of everything else. You know, I love to listen to, you know, the podcast that many of you listen to. I love Brian Hyde always here. I, there's some others, you know, I like Kate Daly. I like Sarah Westall, but sometimes you just want some mind numbing entertainment, right? And I don't like video games and I certainly don't engage in social media stuff. He's one of the places I like to go. And he had a couple, a uh, couple of short little podcasts on, um, one of them on Hitler, which kind of got me uh, looking into a deep dive. We'll talk about that in a second. But first, I want to talk about Beowulf. I hope I'm saying that right. But this um, person, I don't have an age here of when this guy lived. But I, I want to say it's probably King Arthur, roughly, time period. Um, and as this uh, Nordic legend goes, this, this guy was a king and a warrior. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, a giant monster started appearing at night. This was a man-like monster, and it was plucking out men individually and eating them. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's kind of funny when you start looking into these things. You know, giants have been throughout human history. They were in the antediluvian period. Uh, Enoch dealt with these folks. David uh, dealt with these folks, and not just Goliath. Um, Joshua. It's over. And over. I mean, there's so much to me. It's just an undeniable fact. Look at 18th uh, from the 18th century, 19th century newspaper articles. You almost can't pick one up without finding articles of burial grounds and artifacts from this giant civilization that the Smithsonian has been hiding and throwing in the ocean and burying and poo pooing for 100 years or however long they've been around. Um, to me, it's just a fact. So these kinds of stories I find very interesting. The name of the monster was Grendel. Um, excavations were carried out, uh, uh, and this is in Legere, L-E-G-R-E, -E, in the 1800s and later, and revealed remains of some great halls that would um, account for giants. Um, so the tale may rest on historic foundation. Uh, Beowulf, Beowulf, anyway, and it's spelled B-E-O-W-U-L-F, arrives and kills Grendel. Um, which makes Grendel's family angry. Uh, he ends up fighting the monster's mother um, and relatives. She lives in a bog. And anyway, uh, uh, Beowulf fights her for half a day. <clears throat> this is an Irish poet that, that uh, translated this. And it's like, I don't know, 200 pages. This is a big, long story. And um, all these, uh, I guess there's video games. My sons recognize the name, and they were pretty surprised to hear this was based on real folklore. 
Um, you know, these sorts of st- stories I find amazing. I want, I just, if, if you're ever bored and if you don't live in Afghanistan and you're still able to have the scriptures on your device and you won't, you know, so that you won't be beheaded for having them on your device, just look up the word giants in your, um, uh, concordance in your uh, topical index. We're going to run out of time, but I'll read you just a couple of these. Um, well, I'm not going to read them right now. We're out of time. We will be back after this short break and finish this story and talk about where Hitler is and where did he die after these messages. Welcome back. Um, before we leave the topic of giants, um, those of you that believe uh, that book called the Bible, just a couple examples. Genesis 6, 4, there were giants in the earth in those days. This is antediluvian before Moses, right? And also after that, when the sons of God came unto the daughters of men, they bare children of them. They became mighty men of old, men of renown. They were giants. Okay, this would be the watchers of Enoch's renown, right? Uh, numbers, we saw the giants, sons of Anak which come of the giants, and we were in our own sights as grasshoppers. This is when they first saw the men of Canaan, right? And they were uh, faithless and unbelieving, and God gave them a lovely little mission to go wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Um, Deuteronomy, Um, there were giants in the land, uh, and the Ammonites, and the Zamzimans, they were giants. Uh, Joshua, the coast of Og, Bashan, which was a remnant of the giants, and they dwelt in Ashtaroth and Ederai. This is throughout the Middle East. In Samuel, uh, David, King David, fought Goth. He fought others on top of Goliath. Um, There was massive wars. You know, I've heard, I got to tell you, I've heard a lot of stories from uh, people that I know in the military that, you know, there's these rumors going around, whatever. I know it's just rumors, but especially in places that are more obscure where there are a lot of caves like Afghanistan, I think this kind of continues. Um, this is a real thing. So kind of interesting. Anyway, let's let's move on. We're in. Is this the third segment, Brian? Okay, I better move on then. I want to talk briefly about Hitler only. Uh, kind of what got me to talking about this was this good doctor that te- sent me this text. And also I've seen some reports. You guys know the story that, you know, how Hitler supposedly died, that they were losing the war. Um, and then he killed himself, him and Ava Braun. Is that, is that his bride's name? I can't remember, but you know, the, the thing is they never found the body. The Russian claimed to Russians claimed to have a piece of the skull. Um, Stalin to his death claimed that Hitler was still alive. Um, and there were many reports that he was living in, uh, Argentina, you know, and as I was kind of watching this and I've looked into these things before, there's a society, a real dark, uh, a pagan-like, real dark society called the Vril Society in uh, Germany. These are, you know, tied to the Illuminati and so forth. Um, Adam Weisskopf and all these folks. Also, the Thule Society. They um, scoured the countryside, uh, the, the Sanskrits. They, they tortured many monks. They were able to get their hands on. Some people believe it was through, you know, the Nordics, aliens, reptilians, whatever. 
it's almost impossible to, to deny anymore that they had their hands on anti-gravity. Um, and, you know, you have to wonder, Hitler was evil as can be, but he doesn't strike me as a particularly stupid person. Okay, did he really think he was going to conquer all of Russia, Asia, um, Europe, Britain, Africa, and the United States? And even if he did, how in the world would you maintain your empire when all you have to fight with is the Third Reich? That doesn't even make any sense. Um, I know he tried and did a, came amazingly close, really, with what you know they brought to the table. Did he really think that? I no longer believe that he did. Um, I think this was all, you know, these um, banking cartels have been deliberately orchestrating war for thousands of years. And they finance both sides. They, they have their reasons. And I think, on, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to explain, but I believe the reason that World War II was fought was to was to get Operation Paperclip um, taken care of, to infiltrate the United States of America and bring her down, and um, also utilize her vast manufacturing power, which they did not have before World War II. After they brought in all of these um, scientists and others in our government and in all of our academia, things took a great change. Digging begun. Um, but let, let's talk about a little bit here. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. So... Hitler's body was never really found. Um, I'm going to read you a couple eyewitness accounts. There was um, uh, December 9th, uh, 2009. The controversy surrounding Adolf Hitler's skull fragments is a little embarrassing from the Russian secret services. In, two, in the year 2000, they presented a skull fragment and pieces of jawbone that they claimed were the remains of the Nazi leader. It was an attempt to quash the outlandish rumors that he had escaped alive at the end of World War II. But in October 15th, oh, excuse me, but in October, U.S. researchers presented the results of DNA tests on the skull and said it definitely did not belong to the dictator because it was from a female. Scientists had already harbored doubts about the authenticity of the piece of bone because it was thinner than a, than a male skull usually is. Um, I won't read you the rest of this, but um, also, the, allegedly, they brought in, um, <laughs> I'll skip that, they brought in an actor uh, fake uh, Hitler to die in Berlin, the Swiss say. And this this is dated April 26, 44. This actor's name, and I'm looking at a picture of him, looks a great deal like um, Hitler. Hitler had many stand-ins. He, he was paranoid. He knew people were trying to kill him. This, this guy's name was Wilhelm Bartholdi. And this guy allegedly was killed and put in place of Hitler. And there is no proof that Hitler was, Hitler was killed. I don't really know either way. And honestly, I don't really think it's all that important other than how it pertains to our world today. Um, after Hitler's demise, who was left in charge was a man named Karl Donitz. He was the German, German Navy Grand Admiral, and he was the last president of a United Germany. Um, this is uh, from the occult series of the Brill, and he the, uh, was quoted several places as saying something similar to this. This is a direct quote, uh, quote, the German submarine fleet is proud of having built for the Fuhrer in another part of the world, a Shangri-La on land, an impregnable fortress. Um, U-boats had made many trips to Antarctica. And yeah, this is this ties to Antarctica. There are maps that the Russians found 
and the Allied forces of Hitler's secret hideout. And it's called Base 211. And this picture, I, I can kind of speak German, but I, don't, I struggle at reading it. It's called, yeah, let's see if I can find it better. It doesn't matter. Uh, Desch Schwabenland. Desch Schwabenland, which I'm not able to translate that for you right now. But anyway, um, there's maps, there's articles on it. You can find this stuff online. Um, so there was this base, right? Have you guys ever heard of a thing called uh, Operation High Jump? Fairly well known. Admiral Byrd with a massive fleet went down there because there are all these reports that Hitler had fled down there and that there was a big U-boat base. Um, you know, and this is another thing that's pretty well documented. So as the story goes, they get down there and out of the water doesn't come submarines, but come these um, bell-shaped um, Nazi anti-gravity craft. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I... Anti-gravity has been incorrectly taught. Gravity, just in general, has been incorrectly taught by our Rockefeller, Carnegie, Western world science. It isn't like magic. It really isn't. Canceling out the inertia of uh, a charged body like the Earth, which is an electromagnetic thing. Gravity isn't really what we should even be calling it. It's more electromagnetic magnetism. So overcoming that would be an electrical function and can be done with counter-rotating charged disks. Um, there's lots of studies out there on it. Uh, Towns, T. Townsend Brown in the 50s, there's lots of places you could look. Um, so to me, this is not far-fetched in the least. So as the story goes, these uh, Nazi craft came out of the water and basically handed Admiral Byrd's butt to them. Um, their aircraft destroyed. Um, several ships, I believe, destroyed, and they limped out of there, tail between their legs. And he, as he came back, and we never really got we had bits and pieces fragmented from Admiral Byrd, but his son, after his death, um, wrote several books, amazing stuff about what was really in Antarctica. So anyway, um, they never went back to, to uh, Antarctica to try that again. Shortly after that, there was a report. You ever heard of the flying saucers that were all around Washington, D.C.? Brian, is that something that that's that never heard that? <clears throat> I wish I could see the date. Okay, this date is 1952. Saucers swarm over Capitol. I'm looking at a picture. It's pretty old. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, at least 12 uh, lights circling around the U.S. Capitol. Now you can see the Washington Monument in the background. There were many uh, newspapers that reported this. Uh, flying saucers seen over Washington for second time in four days. Uh, eight to 12 objects shown on radar screens flying a 10-mile arc around the Capitol. Radar men estimated the objects or flying saucers were clipping along at about 120 miles an hour. Last time the saucers were spotted over Washington on Saturday, the Air Force, Air Force sent jet fighters to chase them. And when the word of a new appearance was flashed around, yada, yada. Anyway, these things kicked it into hyperdrive and were in far faster than anything that we had to throw at them. So how does this story end? We're going to have to lay that over to the last uh, segment. And we will wrap this up and talk about um, some, some more uplifting things. And that will be after this short break.
All right, everybody, welcome back to our fourth and final segment. Um, I want to finish talking about the end of uh, World War II, the, um, the bringing to the United States of all the German scientists, which you guys all have probably heard of, uh, Operation Paperclip, um, including people that were brought here or uh, wonderful, uplifting scientists like Mangala and the like, right? Who doesn't want this in your, uh, in your coffin, coffers, right? Coffin, whatever. Um, so these swing saucers uh, several times mocked our government. Um, Jets ordered, this is from another article, Washington, D.C., July 28th. Gosh, it's hard to see the year. I believe this is early 50s, though, or maybe late 40s. Jets ordered to hunt down. It must be early 50s. We didn't have jets in the, um, in the 40s. Uh, jets ordered to hunt down flying saucers. Um, they didn't do so well. Uh, when Admiral Byrd, here's a newspaper article on Byrd, and this is, yeah, this is ancient. This is from the late 40s. Uh, Admiral Byrd warned today the United States should adopt measures of protection against the possibility of an invasion of the country by a hostile aircraft coming from the polar regions. The admiral explained that he was not trying to scare anyone, but the cruel reality is that in that in case of a new war, the United States should be attacked by aircraft flying over one or both poles. The statement was made as part of a recapitulation of his own polar experience. In an exclusive inter interview with the International News Service, talking about the recently completed expedition, Byrd said that the most important result of his observations and discoveries is the potential effect that they have in relation to the security of the United States. I have to warn my compatriots that the time has, has ended when we are able to take refuge in our isolation. This goes on, but anyway, the gist of it. How did this end and what happened? Well, we know that we, all these scientists were brought here. Um, what was their end game? Well, the Vril Society and the Thule Society, which in my opinion were just extensions of the 13 bloodline families that rule in blood and horror on this earth for a very long time. Um, they wanted to infiltrate more completely. I, they already had, you know, we had the act of 18, 1870, the incorporation was that 1871, I believe, or whatever that was, right, Brian? I'm not, so, I'm not as good on history as Brian, but basically when they came in and they incorporated America, you know, all these things had happened and the Federal Reserve was already in place. So they already had a firm foothold but they didn't fully control uh, our academia and they wanted to get their hands on the giant manufacturing um, force that is the United States of America. Um, shortly hereafter, after all these guys were brought here, we have the creation of the secret space program uh, and all of these sorts of things. So in my opinion, I think this all kind of points to a deliberate plan to do what they love. First of all, they love killing people. You know, they love seeing the destruction of God's children on the earth. So World War II was very successful that way. Um, you know, we have, you know, Cain and Satan and, and the Watchers and all these others that absolutely hate the children of Israel. So destroying a few million Jews was definitely something that they took great joy in. So they accomplished a good bit of that. And they took over the manufacturing apparatus of the United States of America. So it was very productive. Make no mistake about it. Hitler, I think, won the war and we lost. Um, but that's just my opinion. I hope, I hope that doesn't offend any veterans out there that, have, that fought so valiantly. And um, I just like to, like to look at things for how they kind of are, right? So anyway, um, I think that's probably all that we need to talk about today on that. Um, super interesting stuff. I someday I look forward to uh, 
to going down to Antarctica. Um, I'm looking at the uh, some of these things that, that were found by the Russians. They actually had four different sizes, the Habanu 1, the Habanu 2, the Voxfear 3, 4, and 5. So five different uh, flying saucers. And these are exactly like what you see in the movies, right? The swastika on the side. Some of them are huge. These things are, I don't know. 150 yards, some of these things. These, these things were giant. So, so you might ask yourself, well, if, if the Nazis had this amazing technology, why didn't they win the war? I don't think winning World War II was ever in, in the cards for Hitler. I don't think he really wanted to win. How in the world would you occupy all of, all of the Soviet Union, all of America? You know, he didn't, it doesn't even make any sense. That wasn't his goal in the first place. It was much more dubious than that. Um, but anyway... Here we are when you fast forward, and in uh, 2021, we have an even much more intricate plan rolling forward, okay? Um, and we see, and here's where we're going to probably have to revisit the, the vaccine thing. We've got people getting sick, right? Um, and I don't know if they're going to win this uh, propaganda campaign in blaming all the sickness on you unvaccinated people, right? They're already trying. It wasn't hard to see it coming. You know, the people are going to be falling ill and they will do everything they can to blame all of you stubborn, selfish devils that wouldn't take the vaccine. If you just would have taken the vaccine, we'd all be fine. But you didn't because you're scumbag. You're worse than bad Germans. And they're going to do everything they can to get everybody to hate you. And I think it is incredibly important that we answer that hatred with love. Um, you know, I'm I have to admit I'm not, I'm not a real like ministering shepherd type. I'm way more sheepdog than shepherd. I want to fight. I want to wipe evil off the face of the earth. That's kind of how I'm wired. But I don't think that's what we are to do right now. What we are to do right now is to prepare to survive. Um, it isn't hard to see the deliberately orchestrated famine that's coming. Okay, They're paying farmers not to plant. Um, the deliberate shipping catastrophes that are going on everywhere um, are going to get worse. And they're all deliberate. It's obvious that it's deliberate. Um, so as these things happen, what I honestly, if I could share what I'm doing, this is kind of, and, and I think it's important that we all turn our faces heavenward and humbly ask the God of heaven, what should I be doing? Like, you know, I, I don't have enough food. I know you probably feel like you don't have enough food. I don't have a bunker, um, which I don't think would be a good idea anyway. You know, a bunker in the ground that you can't retreat from. I watched a video the other day. I think I sent that to you, Brian. Maybe I didn't. But this good, uh, it was a Messianic Jew that was a former Mossad, and he, he was a tactician and, and also a, a really great uh, scriptorian. As he put it, you know, if you're going to just hide in a hole in the ground in a bunker with your peaches and your bullets, you might as well just shoot yourself in the head and leave your peaches at the end of the street for someone. Because you're not going to be any good to yourself or your family or your friends. And, and I totally agree with him. Um, this deliberately orchestrated food shortage is rolling out, and soon the masses will be sick and they're going to be hungry. Uh, do all you can to feed them. Um, heal them. Be the light in the darkness. You know, if you're down to your last can of beans, um, share it. And I promise you, I promise you, and you, you, can, you can take me to the woodshed if I'm lying here. I promise you the angels of heaven will refill it. Um, that is scriptural. That is a fact. Um, if you are believing, that will happen. 
So prepare to answer the uh, madness and the mayhem with love. I know that's hard to do. And I'm, I almost feel like a hypocrite saying it because it's hard for me to do it. But, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, as these things, you know, I'm increasingly flabbergasted. We kind of knew roughly what was going to happen, right? We knew about the the mark of the beast. And, and I don't believe that this, that the graphene oxide and the uh, injection, the, the RNA altering injection is the mark of the beast. I think it's more of a prelude to the mark of the beast. There are some facets to the mark of the beast that I don't see in this injection. So I, I, I think, you know, and, and all these people, you know, I, I'm just so flabbergasted at how many watchmen that we should have been able to count on have been either bought off or they're just flat evil. You know, there's so many of them. Um, so if you aren't del deliberately plugged into heaven, you're going to be bamboozled by this stuff. But I do not believe this is the mark of the beast, but it is definitely time to pay attention. Um, you know, and I don't have any more answers than, than anybody else. But I know, I know the dominoes have begun to fall, like I said. And, um, and I know how this ends, right? So um, at first we have to survive, which is going to be key. It will be important to survive if you're, you know, if you're going to lose your job or you have to take the shot, you know what? Don't take the shot. It would be my advice because, you know, what? if you're dead, you're not going to be any help to your family anyway. And not everybody that took it, I don't think is going to die. But, you know, your health is precious. It's like the most precious thing you have temporally here on this earth. So um, first we must survive. And then a short time later, there's great news, like the returning warriors of Zebulon and Iskar and Nephtali, the returning ten tribes, alongside of Ephraim and Jacob, we're going to fight. And at that time, we will wipe evil off the face of the earth. And then our children will grow up in peace and happiness. And man, that's going to be a great day. Make sure you're here for that day, okay? Um, you should be excited. I'm excited. Brian looks excited. I can tell Brian's excited. We're excited, okay? It's going to be good. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be good. You know, good times don't make strong warriors. Good times don't make you strong, okay? So we're going to go through some hard times, and we're going to we're gonna be fine. So we'll buy some more beans. Uh, that's what I've been doing. I've been buying a lot of beans and sticking them in a bucket. Um, and you know what? You're going to save lives with those. So do it. Say your prayers. Be good to your wife. Tell your kids you love them. Have a good weekend. We will be back next week. Same time, same place. God bless, and bye-bye.